Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome ass. Yo, yo, ah, now. Tune in to Al Joe the Funk Master. Watch a grill yoga knock out cold faster. Talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the man are off the back. You in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches. They find home on your mind about a double. This the weekly scraps. You don't need a map. GPS, I'm right here to lead a dash. The world doesn't know it needs, but I grow disease. Planet, fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling. It ain't shit, it ain't shit, motherfucker. What's up, guys? We are back. We got DraftKings Sportsbook Edition. DraftKings Sportsbook, shout them out. Shout out to DraftKings. Shout out to DraftKings. We got UFC 284 coming up. This is a big fight card for multiple reasons because we got. The number one pound for pound guy moving up a weight class to challenge for a second belt against the newly crowned king in Islam Makachev. I think that's a big fight. That being said, go watch Power Slap. Go watch Power Slap? Why is that? Well, that's that's where all the advertising dollars are going now. Oh, Islam. Yeah, Islam was throwing some shade. Everyone's throwing shade. Everyone's talking about how no one's promoting this card, and I'm like, I don't think they promote any cards, really. Uh, I've seen more promotion for some other stuff, but I agree with Islam's take on this, that he feels like it's being kind of under-promoted a bit. Yeah. I would say so. I would agree with that. I, I think they could have done more stuff, even a presser leading up to it. Yeah. Maybe they have and I missed it, but that just goes to show it's not being promoted. I, yeah, I didn't see any presser. And, I mean, they're just doing the normal stuff, like the countdown, Yeah. and I'm sure they'll do the vlog, what are they called, embedded? But in fairness, yeah. Which one of those two guys deserves it? Deserves promotion. Yeah, obviously Volkanovski because he's proven he's defended the belt multiple times. Yeah. But then you have the guy he's facing, who's still kind of in that. Sh- I'm not saying he's not good, but mm-hmm. he's still in that shadow of Khabib. Yeah. He's kind of riding that wave, and I feel like that wave is kind of um, maybe why that's Islam feeling like I feel like I should be getting more promotion than what we're actually getting like it's a big fight but I feel like maybe they're looking at it like well this is your first defense so it's like really yeah well I wonder like if if there's other stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about that's making Islam upset with the company where he wants to speak <laughs> out about it because a lot of times that's happening where like a guy starts saying bad things and then like months down the line you hear something was going on so I just wonder because he to go at Dana, he kind of criticized Dana for not promoting this and promoting Power Slap way more. So it's Power Slap like, has been getting a ton of footage, though. Yeah, like so much. Like yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah. And so. with the UFC machine, we do know if they start posting stuff, even if you're not excited about it, it kind of eventually gets to the point where it's like, okay, I give in. Yeah. Let's see what this is all about. Yeah. I mean, that's what... What what they're doing with Power Slab now is pretty much the same thing they had to do to get UFC off the ground. It was like this brutal peop, uh, sport that people thought was like not even like it shouldn't even be on TV, and that's the same energy people have with Power Slap. But I think Power Slap's just it's like just not good. I think we should just have a shoot off and like shoot each other in body parts and see who bleeds out first. <laughs> might as yeah, might as well. whoever bleeds out first loses. Or why don't I? Why don't we take it a step further? Add a brick into their hand when they're slapping each other. Yeah. And just get to CTE faster. <laughs> just speed up this process. Yeah, I don't get it. But yeah, so anyway. Different that's strokes for different folks, yeah. 
But I would say I would say Volk deserves the promo. Yeah. And I would think because of the Dagestani fan base, they'd be promoting it more for Islam. But I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird spot that he's in because he is he just beat one of the guys who considered the greatest um lightweight of all time in Charles Oliveira. Like, even if he doesn't have the most defenses, all the guys he's beaten and have finished is undeniable. And then people are gonna go, oh well. He's bled before. He's been knocked down. That doesn't matter. A fight isn't decided in five minutes. It's not decided in 10 minutes. It's a 25-minute contest. So what happens in that entire projection is what matters the most. So even if he does get dropped, he comes back and he wins all these fights in exciting fashion. It's like you, the guy still won. Yeah. And he's not winning by just like the skin of his teeth. He's finishing guys. Yeah. And that's the most impressive thing about it. finishes in UFC history. Yeah. And I'm sure he could take an easier approach as like, you know what, I'm going to just try to be a grappler the whole time, pull guard, yeah. or just try to body lock people the whole time. But he's standing up there in the pocket, getting in people's faces, and making an exciting fight. Yeah. That, but that's why everyone loved watching him fight. In his, yeah. Like, everyone was excited when he was the, the main event. The most exciting champion by far, in my personal opinion. I think he dominated 2022. Yeah. Like, it was his Easily. year for the UFC. Even his fights in general, he fought like that. Always, so then. Yeah. Where you could, people start comparing him to Khabib. Well, Khabib's never been knocked down. He's never seen his own blood. I'm like, yeah, that's impressive. But if we're talking about like who I'm going to go want to spend my money to watch, I think that's a no-brainer. I'm going to go spend oh, my money to watch Charles Oliveira. No doubt. But are you saying Khabib's... Are you saying Charles is the best lightweight of all time? Because I think you said that earlier. I would argue that. Over Khabib. Over Khabib. Interesting. Explain. I'm saying this based on... Their resume, like Khabib's been hurt a lot. The same way, I'm very, I'm very much in the same stamp, um, mm-hmm. shadow of Khabib right now with all my injuries that mm-hmm. I've been having lately. Uh, I don't know what it is. I've never missed weight. Khabib has mi- um, not missed weight, but he's been pulled because of weight cutting issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not to say this is why he's not great, mm-hmm. but I think when you compare the two resumes, one has been fighting so much more and almost has double the amount of fights. That's true. So it's like you risk it, you risk the biscuit multiple times, way more than this other person against some of the best people in the organization. Wait, so Charles Oliveira has 19 sub- finishes in the UFC? I think 20. I thought it was 20. So but Khabib has 13 UFC fights. But this is what I'm saying. That's actually crazy when you compare those two. And I'm 14 and 3. In the so UFC. I've had 17 fights just in the UFC alone. And I'm not saying Khabib is not the man. He's a savage. a, yeah. But when we're comparing, like, if I only fight once a year versus someone who fights four times a year, three times a year, there's more opportunities for me to lose. And you can say, oh, well, this opponent was stronger. I get that. Oh, ring rust. Okay, I get that. But we're just talking about if we're going by a strictly numbers game, if you roll the dice more times on bets, you're more likely to to lose than the guy who takes less chances in the sense of, like, opportunities and stepping in there and putting it all on the line. And I'm not saying Khabib couldn't have done what Oliveira has did. Mm-hmm. But when people try to compare, oh, he's never been dropped. I'm like, but if you stay in the game long enough, if you compete long enough, you will eventually get figured out and get got. That's just the way the game works. Sure. And I'm not, and again, because I know there's going to be Khabib fans that are thinking I'm bashing. I'm so not your, bashing. Your, your argument is like, Oliveira's resume impresses you more. Based on how many numbers of fights he's had, I would say yes. Okay. And I, finishes. So I would say like, I think Khabib has he has a more goaded he has a more goatable resume, but Charles has like 
But why? Why? More title wins, I think, right? By one. And never lost. But then again. Well, he won the belt against Iaquinta. Mm-hmm. Then he fought um, Poirier. He fought Connor and Gaethje. So he defended about three times. This is my other. I, I wanted to say this too. I think Khabib would beat Charles. Like both prime, both yeah. in their prime, I think Khabib would win. I would agree so, with that. And, and I think Islam beating Charles is like more proof of that because they're almost identical styles. And that's kind of like Khabib's like Jesus of like he, Khabib's God and he sent Islam to go do his bidding kind of thing. <laughs> so I feel like who's who deserves to be on Mount Rushmore more? It's probably Khabib because he was so dominant against the guys he fought. And like he probably could have would have kept winning if he stayed around. Yeah. And I think there was even one year where he, one calendar year where he fought like four times. Khabib? No, Oliveira. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. But you see what I'm saying? It's like these, these things, you kind of have to weigh that into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And again, I still think Khabib's resume is better in the sense of uh, how he's won. It's like very dominantly. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, you can make a, a similar argument that um, Dubronx was pretty dominant, even though it was some back and forth sometimes. Mm-hmm. But you'd know what to expect from his style, and you know that he was more than likely going to finish you because he's just risking more yeah. in his fight style. It's kind of like the uh, the styles Jor- make fights. The, it's like the Jordan and LeBron debate, where like LeBron yeah. has or Jordan has that perfect six and zero, uh, and that like fear factor that he instilled in everyone. So that would be Khabib, and then and yes. then LeBron. My argument is always well, LeBron doesn't have as many title wins, but he has way more uh, playoff wins and title appearances. Yeah. Where it's like Jordan didn't even get to the title that many times, and LeBron had to face Golden State, which was like a super team built to beat him. Literally. Where Jordan never had to. So, like, that would be the Charles Oliveira comparison. So yeah. it's like, what do you value more? Like that undefeated perfect record, or do you value, like, total numerical stats and achievements, which... Charles has Charles has six more six or seven more finishes than Khabib has fights in the UFC. I so wouldn't argue more than six or seven. Like, well, because if if Charles has nine, if Charles has twenty finishes in the UFC and Khabib has thirteen fights in the UFC, that's just like a crazy number to even think about. Yeah. So it's like, what do you value more, like those numbers or that zero that Khabib has next to his in his loss column? Yeah, and Charles has taken a lot of licks. And to battle back through that gauntlet of 155. Look at that win streak. Holy shit. Yeah, it's just so insane. So from Paul Felder. Finish, 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 in finish, 2018, finish, 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 He finish, went, what finish. was it, like a 13 fight win streak? Something Two, serious. Three, 12 fight win streak. Yeah. And three of those fights were title wins. And I think 11 of them finishes. One, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten of those were finishes. I would also like to see Charles and Islam rematch when Charles isn't coming off a, a year where he fought three times and took a lot of hits. All to, that stuff matters, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he goes down from that punch if he's, like, not taking a beating for the every three months for the past year. Yeah. You know? But he decided to get into the octagon, right. so that has no... I can't take that away from Makachev. Makachev went out there and did what he was supposed to do, um, do in that fight. But yeah, this is a Kobe and LeBron debate. A Kobe and uh, I mean Jordan LeBron and, LeBron and Jordan debate. Yeah. 
So when we look at it like that, it's like both these guys are great. Oliveira is great. Khabib is great. Makachev is on his way to being great. Um, he's now got a crazy impressive resume um, winning streak as well, which is like really hard to do since his knockout loss. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven wins in a row. So it's it's impressive, but I just have to make sure I put that out there that if we're going to compare that, especially to the promotional side, it's like yeah, you are. It's almost the same thing for me. I should have fought for the belt against Corey Sanhagen, but I didn't. The fans all agreed at the time before the whole fake acting knee thing debacle, yeah. whatever. They can still believe whatever they want to believe. Oh, he wasn't hurt, whatever. But before that, that was considered the uncrowned champion because they knew that was the highest profile. We des- we were deserving you of were it. the two highest ranked highest guys, ranked guys coming off the highest ranked wins. Yeah, and the UFC didn't give us the, the win, um, the, the opportunity to fight for the vacant belt. But they give a guy who just beat a 42-year-old Uriah Faber in Piotr Young, and then a guy who just came off a loss, Jose Aldo, uh, an opportunity to fight for the um, vacant belt. So it's like that win doesn't count for my title reign. Mm-hmm. But for Makachev, he's got impressive wins, but it's like at what point should he have been fighting for the belt where he could be like these wins could have all been added to potential um, mm. to potential wins for his resume as, as a champion. Yeah. Same thing for Khabib, but Khabib's been so in and out and inactive, it's kind of hard to go. For me, like you can just look on what he's done and go, okay, he's probably one of the goats at 155. And just how he beat guys too. Yeah, very just, dominantly, very one-sided, like never really dropped around like at all. And kind of changed, I feel like he kind of changed the game in terms of like how people view grapplers, I think. Mm, guys still calls nut huggers. <laughs> It's no, weird. Like, unless you got a Dagestani, if you unless you shave your mustache, then it's okay. But if you don't shave your mustache, then you're just a nut hugger, crotch sniffer. <laughs> Is that why you did that before the Yon? Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> but like, at least at least for the mainstream, I know like the UFC fans always knew what time it was with grappling. But like, like I was a casual when Khabib kind of became a mainstream athlete. Why did Khabib become a mainstream? Because of Connor. Because of Connor. But I'm saying like. Before the then, effect, man. before I don't then, I thought class. knocking people out was the, the 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 gold standard like style that you needed to win, but then I real like I think it made a lot of people realize like oh if you can just take these guys down and fuck them up on the ground like they can't do anything about it. But not all of them beat ass on the ground. No, but like if you can, that's a better style. If you can, yeah, like. That's why if you can do that, I'm always probably betting on you. If you can take someone down and hold them there. Well, yeah. But sometimes when you take them down and you hold them there, it's not easy to like just get them out of there. Like Some guys are actually competent on the ground, especially at 135 compared to 155. I but feel like a lot of those 55ers that kind of like fish out on land, once they get taken down, they have no idea what to do on their back or mm-hmm. how to get back up to their feet other than just like, I'm going to turn and try to stand up. But when you got a good grappler who jumps on your back like an Oliver or a Khabib or a Makachev, you are, or Benil Darius, you're in a big problem situation. That's true. So who do you think is going to win the title fight this weekend? I think it's a tough one to call. But but with that being said, I would lean towards the bigger guy. Now, we'll look at DraftKings Sportsbook and see what they have the odds at. They have Makachev at minus 365 favorite 
and Volkanovski at plus 300. I feel like the lines just moved. I feel like it was a little bit closer before. Volk at plus 300. Volk at plus 300. And I don't think it's that crazy to, to bet on Volk either, man, because that's, a, that's one crazy odds, plus 300. You're talking about a guy who's been very dominant in his weight class as well. Um, yeah. The one close fight he had was the first one, which I thought he lost to Max Holloway. Personally, I could be a little biased because I like Max and I've trained with him mm-hmm. um, two different occasions. But when I watched it, I was like, I just don't see how he won uh, in terms of like the challenger taking the belt from the champ mm-hmm. in a very close contested fight. It's like, well, you didn't definitively win in my book, but whatever. Okay. Um, I'm not a judge. And when you look at the other res- parts of the resume, all the other guys he's neutralized and beaten and just either knocked out or just made them look like they can't do anything against him. Yeah. Jose Aldo. Uh, Chad Mendez, a bunch of other guys on his resume. Legends. Um, so now you got Makachev and you're like, well, we see what Makachev has done to guys. Bobby Green, Dan Hooker. But these are also guys that don't have grappling. Even Charles. Even Charles. But Charles actually gave some effort off of his back mm-hmm. until he got rocked. And then when he got taken down, right. it was kind of like, at that point, he was just kind of a beaten man at that yeah. point. So it was like, oh, he submitted the best submission artist. I'm like... Yeah, but you guys are acting like he but did he in a got, grappling he match. Got he just got yeah. beaten up. Yeah. Like, slowly chipped away yeah, and eventually yeah. got the finish. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure that squeeze that he put on him is unreal. Yeah, that guy looks fucking strong, man. Makachev. Sorry, I swear. I'll, I'll cut it out. Makachev <laughs> looks really strong. It. You cursed twice by not, just now. So, oh, yeah. whatever. Uh, it's not whatever. It is. Yeah. It's not. We're Stop still- limiting our ads, Jake. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, with that being said... The grappling advantage for Makachev, but then if he has to use an exorbitant amount of energy trying to keep Volk down, and we all know he's a tank of a, a human being coming up, um, coming down in weight from playing his rugby days. Mm-hmm. So we know he's strong. We know yeah. he's used to moving around with big guys. I just watched this video today of him moving around with Craig Jones, yeah. grappling circuit, and I was like, this could be the work that he needed, but it's a different type of grappling. It's yeah. a submission artist versus a guy who's heavy on top and just wants to keep you there. And Islam even said, like, these guys always bring in these kind of wrestlers to their camp, but it doesn't do anything. So it'll they're be... They're not wrestlers. He brought in a jiu-jitsu guy. It's no, very different. Charles brought in a wrestler, right? He brought in, like, a wrestling coach. Okay. But I agree with that. If you're not bringing in a hybrid that could do what Islam is going to more That's than likely do is, to you. Yeah, you need a guy who's going to mimic the exact style yeah. for you to get the reps that you need in your camp to be prepared for it. So it's like me trying to get ready for Henry Cejudo. I don't know who the hell I'm supposed to bring in that's going to be five foot flat and super explosive and actually knows how to wrestle. Like that's going to be very hard for me to emulate that type of style. Hopefully it's hard for him to bring somebody in that can emulate the style that I can bring to the table. But I think he has more opportunity of finding more of me than I am of finding more of him. Interesting. You know what I mean? I mean, I think Marab's a pretty close... You got a short guy who can wrestle, but Ram's not nearly as short as Henry. Yeah, but when we're talking explosiveness and quick twitch muscles, mm-hmm. um, Henry's more of a, like if you watch a straight up wrestling match and you see these guys level change and fake like a Jordan Burroughs and how these guys are like quick, like they're explosive and then they know when to relax and they're kind of just lulling you to sleep and then they, they go. That's more of a wrestling attribute from uh, the highest levels of just... One wrestling in high school because I don't think he he didn't wrestle in college, but I'm sure he, he went to the Olympic training room from once he finished school or whatever it was, and he just got in the body and the folks in the freestyle chain of um, grappling. So 
It's a different style of grappling where I wrestled in college. I have folk style wrestling. That's why we wrestle on top and bottom. Freestyle and Greco, you're not really allowed to wrestle on top. So once you take the guy down, you have about five, six seconds to try to turn him. If you can't turn him, they stand you back up. So there's a lot of neutral wrestling. So Henry's good. He's quick on the feet. But when it comes to grappling on the mat, that's my specialty. And that's going to be the unique difference is whether or not I can get him down. So it's a very similar situation is can, Vol- can Volkanovski get back up and make Makachev pay for the takedowns and him expending his energy? Or will he get taken down and get dragged and kept down there? And will it be a slow game that Volk has to bide his time, not take too much damage, and then hopefully he could try catching him or making him pay? When I say making him pay, if he shoots and presses you against the cage, is he just holding you and you're just squirming around, using up a lot of energy, or are you hitting him to the body, you're punching him to the nose, you're finding his eyeball socket, you're finding his nose and you're grinding, just mm. being mean, being nasty when you're in there. Oof. And that's the difference, making him pay for their attempts. And if he doesn't get the takedown, energy wasted, damage done. That's true. You know, when people say, oh, winning I those def- exchanges. Yeah, it's like they say, Jan defended my takedowns. I'm like, but what did he do? He defended yeah. a takedown. You can defend a takedown in wrestling, don't count for, don't count for crap. Right. But... If you take, if I, you defend my takedowns and then you pummel my head into the, into the mat and you like, you grind my face into the mat. Like now you're like making me pay for the shots. Like you're beating me up. Right. And that's what Volkanovski has to do. And I, I, I hope he's doing his homework. I, they're a smart team. Yeah. But again, if Makachev gets him down cleanly and doesn't waste any energy, just beats him up on top and he has to carry that weight. That's a tough task, man. So if Volk is really smart about it like what how you just described it and then islam is maybe taking him for granted for obvious reasons like he's a smaller guy yeah you know he's a huge favorite australia don't have wrestling yeah <laughs> like those guys do have a little bit of an arrogance about how good they are which is rightfully deserved. so rightfully so i mean they're all savages so i wonder if there's a chance that islam is taking volk <clears throat> not as seriously as maybe he was taking Charles or like any other guy at lightweight who could be his next title contender, you know? Yeah. Do you think there's a chance of that? Yes and no. I feel like it could just be the bravado talking like he's still going to train super hard. And I think um, the only thing that gives him more of a confidence booster, like I'm fighting a smaller guy. If these bigger guys can do this and I'm training just as hard, there should be no way that the smaller guy should be able to come in and do what these bigger guys couldn't do. But then again, it's a whole different psyche that you're dealing with. I don't know if they have anyone who's compact like Volkanovski, explosive, has the, the range IQ, knows when to step in and lands his combinations mm-hmm. and get out of there, mm-hmm. and who can get back to their feet. Because um, he's small, compact, like a little meatball. He's a little bit of a meatball. And but I think it's fair to say he's the, strong best, meatball. he's the best striker in the UFC right now, I think. I would be reaching on, I think we'd be reaching on that one. It, it, or, okay, I'm, I'm, I think Pereira and Izzy are there too, but like what he did to Max, who was considered probably the best boxer in the UFC. Okay. And he just schooled him for five rounds straight Yeah. in his last fight. So then I'm like, I mean, I think it's fair to give him that spot. And he's number one pound for pound. <sighs> See, I, I, in my MMA side wants to break it into different parts and go like, well, this part, this part, this part. Um, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, striking. So when I just look at this pure striking part of it, I'm like, I feel like if it wasn't for the blending of the takedowns, the striking wouldn't be as great. Well, it is mixed martial arts we're talking about. So mm-hmm. in MMA, I think that theory does hold up. Um, but I think if they were to solely just box or solely just kickbox, I think it's a completely different 
um, affairs with any one of those guys, especially if he just kickboxed with Max. Like, you could say that, yeah, he pieced him up on the feet, but there was also the level changes that made him kind of kept him guessing, and that's what changes the, the dynamic of strikers when they that's come true. into MMA. That's true. It's so different because if it's just purely stand-up, it's like if Jan and I fought and it was purely kickboxing, he'll probably piece me up pretty good. Yeah. Like, I would land some shots, but he would probably more than likely get, and this is just being honest, he'd probably more than likely get the the, the edge in the fight and probably land a couple bombs mm-hmm. where I'd probably land some stuff, but it won't be nearly as effective as it would be when I can add in the, the threat of the takedown. Yeah. And now I can land those shots, like even like the sequence we were just talking about where I took him down, fake level change came up, and I just know like those reactions are going to come, mm-hmm. and I'm more versed in that, where he's so worried about that where I'm not. It's just like, if you take me down, again, like you thought you did in the first fight, it's just not the same fight. Yeah. You know, but whatever. Um, we'll just, we'll end on this note. Makachev, minus 365, Volkanovski, plus 300. I think there's some value there in Volkanovski. Why not? Like, I, smart money is obviously on Makachev, mm-hmm. but I see if you want to throw a couple dollars here and be like, just in case Volk goes out there and shocks the world. You can make some money while doing it. That would be sick if he did, man. Be good for him. You know, I, yeah, I don't care be, who wins, but like, I don't. Yeah, I don't have a preference, but it, like, imagine like the hype that would be built if he did win. Yeah, it would just be cool to see. Um, this next one we have is Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett, and DraftKings Sportsbook has Yair at minus one sixty-five and Josh Emmett at plus one forty. So those are some close odds. Who do you got? See. I'm leaning towards Rodriguez. Interesting. Because he's not the best boxer, but he kicks like a horse, bro. Mm. And when he does that, I think even that Holloway fight, you could even maybe make an argument that that fight could have possibly went the other way as well. Interesting. You know? And I think it's just a, a unique style that he brings. It's super kick heavy and kicks, man. We know that they will send you to the Neptunes like, Super easy. Josh Emmett, you don't really see him putting together a lot of combinations. He's He can wrestle and take you down, but it's not very diverse when he takes you down mm-hmm. on top. Maybe he has some ground and pound victories that I don't remember, but I don't remember. Yeah. You know, the last things I remember of Emmett is he has a solid jab. He's very strong, explosive, um, but he throws, intends to throw one to two. He does a lot of one-off strikes. And I don't know if that's going to get it done against a guy like Rodriguez who can chip away with the kicks. And he's going to do, be more effective with the one-off strikes. One kick to the body, hard kick to the body. One kick to the leg, hard kick to the leg. Calf kick, wheel kick to the head. These hook kicks that he throws, the jumping switch kicks that he throws. That's a dangerous guy. I hate fighting kickers, and I know I kick a lot. So whenever mm. I fight a kicker or train with a kicker in the gym, my immediate thing to do is close the distance and take away their space so they can't have the free-flowing range to just do whatever they want with their feet. Because yeah. they, they use their feet like hands. Yeah. And that shit hurts. Yeah. I got kicked once. <laughs> get kicked to the body, flush, clean, no shin pads. And you're just like, okay, I get it. Those look terrible. If no, you take like a side kick to the body. Yeah. And you're like, like, that shit looks so painful. Or a spinning kick. Wonder Boy. I was, that's, okay, yeah, I just saw a sequence. He throws those a lot. The side kicks or the wheel kicks? Both. He throws the wheel kicks, he's dropped a like lot of guys. Like, he'll get you back against the fence and yeah. just crush you with it. Like, truck. 
Yeah. That shit is dangerous. He goes for it, man. Yeah. But that's that undefeated kickboxing style that he has. It's just like, like even at like 37, 38 years old, whatever he is. Okay, he's probably a better striker than Volk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But this is what I'm saying. Like, pure strikers, like, it's just... But, like, if there was, like, a... Who's... I would just, like, I guess the t- I would give the title to Volk because of how he's dominated it with it. In MMA. In MMA. But, like, if you go skill for skill, it probably doesn't hold up as much. But anyway. Yeah. This is a close one, man. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm leaning towards... Uh, I'm leaning towards Rodriguez. not saying Emmett can't get it done. I mean, he had a really good fight against uh, Dan Ige. But I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one to call. I got a gut feeling it's going to be Emmett. Yes. Yeah. He's just a monster. What do you think? Decision? No, nah, he's going to knock him out. Wow. That would be huge. I, th- I just have a feeling just looking at him. Because then that would turn a lot of heads for 145, That'd especially for Volkanovski. If he loses this and then Emmett goes out there and gets a knockout before him and then it's just like, wow. Okay, Comes that's back what I got to a big fight. Yeah. That's the cool thing for Volk is like, it's kind of a win-win. It's got options. Because even if he loses, he still had a big, like, it's a big moment. Yeah. And if he, then he comes back and he still has a title and pay-per-view points and all that shit. So it's like, I mean, obviously you want the win, but because yeah. the glory and all the fame and all that that comes with being double champ. It's a lot. But also for Volk, I think it's a good, how good he does against Islam is a gauge for how you could do against him. I like this. Do you, do you want to go into this? I like this. Okay. Because, okay, here's my thing. If Volk, I think you and you and Islam are two of the, probably the two most dominant grapplers in MMA right now. Yeah. If, when you put it all together. Okay. The only difference with Islam and you is he's bigger, like way bigger than you. So if Volk is able to hold off against him and like maybe not get submitted and go to the decision and he does well in some of those exchanges, then I think it's an indicator that the grappling is tough is going to be tough for you, you know? yeah. But if it's if he gets dominated in grappling like right off the shoot, then I think that gives you more confidence in a potential fight against him. Oh yeah, I like my odds against anyone because I just like if I could just get you to trip over your own feet, that's a problem. Like if I could cause a sequence where you are so sporadic trying to get out of there because you don't want to get taken down and you trip over your own feet, I cause that. You're gonna be stuck down there probably for the rest of the round, if yeah. not getting finished. Right. You know. So, yeah, I think this is a very big indicator, and we'll see how effective his striking is. And again, the same thing like I was saying about Henry Cejudo, it's gonna be hard for Makachev to find a guy, I feel like around that size, who's got the striking and the same decent grappling pedigree, where it's more defensive. It's like that sprawl and brawl mentality. It's kind of like what Volkanovski has. Um, so that gives me confidence, and I'm not even looking at this fight for that. But now that you said that, um, as a competitor, especially with the with the thoughts of going up to 145, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he does with a high level grappler. And I do wonder how my grappling compares to Islam. Yeah, I know I rolled with Ali, who manages all the pretty much all the deck standing guys. Yeah, and. Uh, he told me I would do very well at 145. He thinks I'm strong. He thinks I'm heavy. He's like, you feel like all the other guys, like the, all the Dagestani guys pretty much is what he was saying. Like in paraphrasing. Interesting. So that makes me feel good hearing that because I know he trains with those guys and gets on the mats with those guys. And he was like, yeah, 
even when I took his back a couple of times, he was shocked. He was like, I didn't think you could get my back in those positions. And yeah, I end up somehow just doing some weird thing with my legs and I could get, take the back. So. I think it's funny that he thought you couldn't get his back. Well, it was a weird, it was a tough position. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a half guard position where he was on his side. Like technically, you shouldn't be able to get there back from that position. Remember, you, half guard, I'm on top. And then as I locked my hands around him, like the way I was able to step over and slide into, it's almost like slide into home base. Mm. And I was able to slide into the position. So like kind of getting over him and taking yeah, him and Yeah, okay. and even with him trying to get his back to the mat, I was still able to force my way through and get to that position. That's like your limbs, bro, I think. Like yeah. they can get there before most people can because you're so long and like strong. You like got like, like claws. Um, we're going to pay the bills real quick. We got two title fights, one epic night. I'm talking about UFC 284. This Saturday, Makachev is fighting to keep his title, and Volkanovski is hoping to make history as the first Australian to hold a title in two divisions at once. Join the MMA action with DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet just $5, Jake, and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Just $5, bro. Just five? Just five. Wow. $200 in bonus bets? So it's like giving someone a $5 bill and you get 200 bucks back. Yes. To fuck off with, you know? There we go again. Wow, I suck. <laughs> we got a lot of interesting matchups, like the main event, the co-main event. Um, if the excitement in the octagon is enough, football fans, don't forget to join the big game action happening this Sunday at DraftKings Sportsbook. Your call to action, download the app now. Use code FUNKMASTER. New customers bet $5 on UFC 284 and get $200 in bonus bets Instantly, this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook with Code Funk Master. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I always say eligibility. So wait, if I give you $5, will you give me 200 Does that code work for you? I actually never even made an account yet. No, like, I'm just saying, like, can I use this a principle with just you? Like, I'll give you 5 but you give me 200 We could talk about that. Okay. I'm not quite sure if it works like that, but we could we could talk about that. <laughs> I think it's a fair deal. <laughs> um, la- lastly, our disclaimer. Am I supposed to put this on the screen? Yeah, or in the, just the show notes. Yes, yeah. I know you haven't I, really been doing that. I don't really do that. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got Randy Brown versus Jack Men- Jack Della Mandalina. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I don't JDM. Think, I'm calling him JDM. I don't think that's how you say it. I'm calling him Jack JDM. Jack DM. Jack, Jack Della is minus 320. Randy Brown is plus 265. And I think these are fair odds based on what both these guys have done in their past few fights. Randy Brown having a really close fight with Francisco Trinaldo, even though you kind of knew who was winning the entire time. He's on a four-fight winning streak. But you got Jack Della. What's his resume? He's 13-2. He's I need to pay on. better attention. He's really good. Holy. But look at his win streak right now, bro. What the crap? He lost his first two pro fights. He's won the next 13. And look at his finishing rate. First round, first round, round two, round two, round two, round one. Doctor Stoppage. Doctor Stoppage. Strikes round two. Punch Dang. round so one. So it's all finishes. Uh, set this one against Ange Lusa, who was a jacked brother. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is, is he the guy who was like cursing out? The I think he was guy? cursing out somebody. Yeah. I don't know. But whatever. He got. He went to the decision with him. 
Um, but everybody else, after that, he finished three guys in a row in the first round, bro, in less than five minutes. This is a dangerous guy. This is a tough matchup for Randy. Um, I do feel Randy has all the tools to be as dominant as he wants to be, and his grappling is highly underrated. I think if he's smart, he touches him up, uses the range, do what he does, his nickname says, touch and go, and then he could look for a submission against a guy like this. But I think he can't get into a firefight because right. it's like Della just seems to have like this homing missiles in his, in his gloves and just <laughs> finds your chin. Well, but guys like this who, who get these first round finishes like this, a lot of times they'll, they'll end up fighting a guy who's smart enough to weather the storm and then they, the, that guy ends up gassing out. And now he's in the second round, which he's not used to. And it's a whole different fight. But he has gone to the second round. Right, but he, most of that is first round finishes, I'm saying. Yeah. So if I'm wondering if Randy Brown is... Not in the UFC, though. So not in the UFC, Jack Della has not been to the second round. Okay, right. So, But you know what I'm talking about. There's these yeah. guys who just brutalize people. Uh, Terrence McKinney is a perfect example. Or like where they'll brutalize guys in the first round, but then they could end up gassing out. Yeah. Because they're just, they, they, they leave it all in the first round. I don't even know what he does that's so special though, but he just somehow, something about his pressure, he walks these guys into the cage and he just starts ripping, going to the body and it's like, he just shuts you down. Yeah. He's mean, bro. Like Randy's going to have to find that dog. And I, I would advise if Randy, because you know Jack's going to come in and just going straight forward. I would advise that Randy's looking for some elbows in those tight situations. So Medella's reach is 73. Let's see what Randy's is at 170. He's 78. And I think there's an opportunity where a guy like this who pressures so far forward and it's almost like he's just go, go, go. There's an opportunity to catch him and intercept a hard elbow that can cut him up, cut him, cut him open pretty bad mm. and give an opportunity for Randy Brown to uh change the direction of the fight or take control of the fight hmm. or even get it to Dr. Stoffage. Do you think he can I'm always going to go with my rude boys, bro. Yeah. I'm always going to go with the rude boys. Yeah. But I do know it's a tough fight. It is tough. Yeah. It's a tough fight. I just, yeah, I just wonder like, because sometimes like these guys will, they'll like, they'll defeat themselves like because they can't get it done. They'll expend all this energy trying to get it done. And then the, the the storm goes uh, like the the other guy is able the to momentum. take control. Yeah, the momentum yeah. goes to the other side, and then it's like there was one fight like Nate, what's his name, Landauer. Yeah, it was like that, the exact same thing. He fought, I forgot the guy's name. Ona, Ona, something. With, something he, like that. But he trains out of um, James Krause's place. Okay, and but yeah, that fight it was like. The other guy came in. It looked like he was going to get it done. In the first round. Right. And then Nate just kind of stayed in there somehow. But then in the second round, Ono was gassed out and Nate was able to just get it done. Yeah. So maybe it could be like that. We'll see. This next one we got is Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter. I'm going to say, well, not I'm going to say, DraftKings has Taffa at minus 125 and Porter at plus 105. Very close odds there. Pretty much a freaking pick them almost. Um, I don't know much about these guys. I know Tafa hits hard. These are heavyweights, guys. Tune in. Hopefully, let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies 
think that's right. how it goes, right? How about this one? The next one we have, Jimmy Crute versus Alonzo Manifield. Jimmy Crute is a minus 205. Manifield is a plus 175. Manifield, I believe he won his last fight, right? I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. Two in a row. Um, Ashkar Mosavarov and Misha Serkinov. Both finishes in the first round. I'm not sure if you said those names right. I got Misha's name right. Serkinov. I know that. The first one, Askar Mozarov. Mozarov. Something like that. Mozarov. Yeah. That's how you say it. Menefield has been kind of up and down since his his, uh, trajectory into the UFC. He won his first two fights. Lost two in a row. Devin Clark and to Ovince. He beat Fabio Chiron, first round Von Fluchoke. And then Ed Herman, he beat him by decision. Lost to William Knight by decision, who was a freak specimen. I don't know if you remember who William Knight is. He's jacked. That guy looks like Liver King. What the heck? What in the What in tarnation? What in the hell? And then he lost. No, that was. Then he won his next two. So it's been a little bit up and down. Tafa, he's only five and three. He won his last fight, um, but he lost two before that. Five and three in the UFC or just five overall? and three overall. So he hasn't had many fights. What the? But he's like an Australian guy. So of course, when they're going to the market, they're going to take some locals because they want to sell tickets mm-hmm. to some locals and get the people behind their people. Yeah, yeah. And try to like kind of build them for that market sure. if they can. That's typically what I see with of the course. UFC. Yeah. Um. But this one is um, Jimmy Crute versus Menifield. Jimmy Crute is Australian, right? Yeah, he is. I hung out with him. How do I not know? Yeah, he's from Wallaby. Melbourne. Wallaby. So, Crute. Shrimp on the Bobby. I don't know how we start talking about Tafa with Manifield. I have no. But, I was, you just confused me a lot. Yeah. Um, Crute lost his last two the Jamal Hill, the now champion, and Anthony Smith. Um, both in the first round. We do know the Anthony Smith one was weird with the Dalton stoppage. Um, it was from the one of those calf kicks, kind of like O'Malley versus Cheeto. Mm. Very similar drop foot thing. Sometimes it goes like that. But before that, he was kind of looking like the next big thing. But he lost to Misha Serkinov, Peruvian necktie, which is a very tough and rare submission to get, especially in the UFC. How does that look? You wrap your hands around the neck. From um, behind? From the front, like a front head lock. So you, you loop through the arm, through the head, and you lock, almost like a traditional front head lock. Your one leg goes over the head, and the other one goes across their back, and you pull as you kick down. And extend and you How just do people, hang on. like learn these things those moves like those crazy moves so well that they can pull it off in a UFC fight yeah I don't know That's and wild he's a good grappler I mean Kimura finish arm triangle arm bar so it's like I was shocked when he got submitted like that because I'm just like how sway how how sway but he came back won two in a row then he lost two in a row Okay. So he's still a player. And he's young, man. He's like 20, 26. 26. Yeah. What the? He's got some time. Look at this dude. I don't know where I'm going with, going with that one. I don't know. I feel like it should be Crute. But Manny Phil has kind of been up and down. He's 35. Ooh, the age difference could be a big factor. Just off the age difference, I'm going Crute. But Manny Phil hits hard. And he beat Misha Serkinov. Elbows from Crucifix? Oh, yeah. I'm going Manny Phil. Really? I don't know. It's a close fight. I don't like picking. I like want Jimmy to win. I like. I would like both guys to win. But yeah. I actually met Jimmy, so I want him to win because I met him. Manifield, I never actually met him. 
But I kind of want him to win. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't have a dog in the race. I don't have a horse in the race. It's I'm just like, like the younger guy. He's on a two-fight losing streak. Yeah. Probably, probably needs a win. Probably. So it's like, yeah. And Manifield's on a two-fight winning streak. So this is a very pivotal matchup. Manifield beats this guy, Crute, who was once ranked. I think he's pro- he might still be ranked. This propels Manifield probably into the rankings at 205. Hmm. Or in the conversation, at least. Um, other than that, some notable fights. Tyson Pedro versus Bukakis. Bukakis. You got to stop. Mod- Modestus. I'm going to say Modestus. This Tyson Pedro versus Modestus. This is terrible. One fight I'm definitely looking forward to is Joshua Calibo versus Caliba versus Bagdasarin. Kulabau, I think. Bagdasarin. Melsic. Bagdasarin. He's the one who fought Dennis on Contender Series. And Dennis was the first Ooh. one to make him not go to a decision. Make him to go to How's a decision. How's he doing in the UFC? He had, he's 3-0, I think. No, 2-0. Oh, okay. So he's doing good. Yeah. And his first decision was Dennis, contender series, that he won by a head kick knockout in his, in his debut. And then his next one against Bruno Sousa was a decision. Ooh. So. That's a good. I'm it just shows you guys that can go crazy. Yeah. Some, they're, they're human, man. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. That was going to be a barn burner. Let's see what the odds are. Um, Bagdasarian is plus 100 and Calabois. Is minus one twenty. I'm saying that I pronounced that is not perfectly you, correct. I'm saying I, I pronounced those guarantee absolutely you. correct. Calabois. 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 Talk to me, boy. <laughs> Talk to me, nice. Um, some other look. Boomy is fighting. Wow, that should be a good one. Ellis, Ellis Reed. I don't really know much about her, but that should be fun. Blake Builder, Bilder, Blitter. Blake. Know, bro. Versus Shane Young. That's going to be a fun fight. And Zabari Tugahov versus, he's the first fight of the night, versus Elvis Brenner. But Blake, I saw him at the UCPI. He was on the contenders. Fancy, one of the fanciest dressing guys. I'm like, how many, like, does this guy box or something? He's like, oh, no, he actually fought in the contenders series. So I'm thinking, like, this is a rich dude, 45-pounder, uh, one of the contenders series in the first round. Oh, so he's choke. fly. He's just a fly boy. Okay. Like, his, from his bag, duffel bag that he carries all his equipment in, his book bag, his gear, his fit. Like, I'm just like, yo, you're just swaggy. You're killing it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm thinking, like, this guy's had a ton of fights. He's, he's maybe some famous boxer. I don't know. I find out he's making his UFC debut. <laughs> and I'm like, where you get this bread from, rich bro? Parents? I don't know. Like, or you don't need a business. fight. Clearly, you don't need a fight. Or he just spends all his money looking good. Hope you're paying the taxes. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, um, we're, we're going to wrap up with this short episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I got the next part of my bioaccelerator treatment here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do like some facial thing for like my hairline. Yeah, you need that. Hopefully. For I don't sure. know what's going to happen with this. It's not like injection. It's like an injection. This so guy has got a torn bicep and he's out here getting his hairline fixed. Yeah, they're going to like hopefully reinvigorate the follicles in my hair. Are you balding or something? No. I just don't see what. I don't know. I was, like, I was like, hey, why not? Okay. It's going to make right. my hair cells stronger. I was like, all right, cool. All right. If it prevents like cancer dropout or something, I was like, why not? I don't know what to expect. They're going to like. Cancer dropout? You know, like sometimes the, your hair eventually burns out. I don't know if it has anything to do with cancer. I just said that because it sounded right. <laughs> what the? You guys, I 
think yeah, I think the CTE is kicking in, bro. Listen, if anyone's got CTE, it's probably you. Oh. Amount of shots taken to the head, zero. <laughs> Amount of shots taken to the head, how many? Ten. Cap. <laughs> um, but so far, it's been beautiful here. Medellin, Medellin Colombia. Um, got some food. The food's been great. Got a smoothie for $2.42, which is just unreal. Three shots of espresso for less than $2, which in the U.S., that's like $6. Yeah. It's crazy. Just saying, move here. Yeah. Take your U.S. dollars, move here. If you're single and you're a man, move here. It's not a bad choice either. Which I am, so. But good for you. Unfortunately, I'm not single. Unfortunately, you said. Did you, say, you said fortunately. I don't even know what I said. I Fortunately, I said, you have a, a fiance. I think that's what I said. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to cut this part. I don't care. It's not bad. <laughs> okay. My fiance is not sensitive. She knows I love her. All right. Shout out to Becca. All Shout right. Shout out to Becca. Future Mr. to be. See you guys later. Peace.